to believe that the screen will project the scriptures, but you don't have to wait for it. If you have your Bibles, you can always turn and look into it. Now, in verse 23 of Mark 9, Jesus said to him, him here refers to the father of an epileptic boy or a demon-possessed boy or a demon-afflicted boy. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Look like a very straightforward demand. If you can believe. Basically, Jesus was expecting the father of this boy to believe. It wasn't supposed to be something too difficult. Verse 24, the reaction of the father explains the complexity of the concept of belief. And so he says, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, just to paint a scenario of his frustration, because the people who do not have deep convictions, the people who, whose faith is not seemingly strong, it's not like they don't want it to be strong. They, they seem to be trying their best. I mean, here is Jesus saying, if I can believe, all things are possible. And I'm talking about my child whom I love. I mean, I brought him even to his apostles. They couldn't fix him. I'm trying. Can't you see I'm trying? And so he cried out with tears. And said, Lord, I believe. But maybe what I call believe is not really believe because you are the one marking the script. <laughs> you are the one marking the script. You know if there's faith. You know if it is pseudo-belief or authentic belief. So he says, help my unbelief. I believe. Help my unbelief. I want you to approach tonight's with something you can do and if you are failing to do it your best reaction should just be to say God help me I'm trying I'm, it's not working I'm doing what they taught me to do but help me can you say this after me? Help my unbelief. Come on, say it louder. Help my unbelief. I want to teach extensively on the believing code. The believing code. That's a C-O-D-E. It's a code we hope to crack after tonight so that you can really understand the subject. And you don't have to say like this man, I believe, help my unbelief. You can just say, I believe, full stop. But of course, if you don't believe, there's no need faking belief. Belief is not something you can fake. If he didn't day, he didn't day. If he didn't day, you have to learn it. You don't, you don't fake it. You don't do, you know, strong body and uh, agidi. You, you don't have it. This man I recognize, okay, I don't have it. For Jesus to tell me if you believe. And all I've been doing that seems to be believing, obviously, is not it.
break the barriers in our soul. Bring light. Bring life. Bring grace. Bring glory. Bring understanding. Let this be a defining moment for every one under the sound of my voice. And be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. You know, you have to really begin to train your mind to act like God hears you. <laughs> it's sometimes we can get caught up with religious activity. We, we forget that God hears when we speak. We forget that um, I mean, God is not deaf. A prayer is not just a way of opening an event. It's actual communication with the one who hears. And so in, in this conference, I'd like you to really make moves of faith. Something as simple as a convicting amen is a good place to start. Amen. amen. Make moves of faith. I came in when the prayers were said that we are gathered in the presence of Jesus. Come on, make moves of faith. Don't just sit down there and act as if this is just a natural gathering. Make moves of faith. It begins with baby steps, but as you begin to exercise yourself in these things, you see that you become a champion and a giant of the faith life. The believing code. Believing is central, foundational to the Christian life. Perhaps the most popular verse in scripture affirms that. John 3.16, whoever believes in him should not perish. The hope that we have, that after the life on the earth, we are going to a place of rest, a place of bliss, a place where we will not perish, is simply because we believe in Jesus. John chapter 1 and verse 12. Those who have received him, he gave them power to become sons of God. Particularly those who believed in his name. We are sons of God because we believed in his name. So, the whole idea of Christianity is founded on this code of believing. In Romans chapter 10, it says that if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths, it should be in verse 9, then we shall be saved. There's a certainty of salvation because we believe with our hearts and confess that Jesus, I mean, is Lord. Or that God rose him from the dead. So the point I'm making here is this. Believing is something that you cannot remove from the Christian life. However, there are, as it were, levels to distance. Because for some of us, we have just believed enough to be saved. Our conviction has not extended to any other reality apart from we are saved. And of course, salvation is supposed to contain any other thing we speak about. Spiritual growth, the glory of God, the, weapon, the weapons of God. All of that is supposed to be contained in salvation. But I've noticed amongst believers that it is possible to believe, be saved. I think that we have also made popular speaking in tongues. But that's where it seems to end in the journey of faith. 
Mark 16, 16, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. What's the first thing mentioned? In my name, you cast out devils. So we skip that. There are Christians who have skipped that. And going on to the second thing. Selective faith. He said, well, I speak in tongues, but I don't cast out devils. Because I'm not a territorial chairman. Cast out devils is for territorial chairman. So he goes on to say, if they lay hands on the sick, the sick will recover. I'm say, well, I'm not really an evangelist. I speak in tongues. These signs shall follow them that believe. Some people have chosen to tabernacle with the fundamental sign. They're going to heaven, they're children of God, they're sons of God, they have the Holy Ghost, and they speak in tongues and they tabernacle there. That's where the journey ends for some people's faith. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. That one is too lofty, too high. Maybe it was just a figure of speech. You see, the thing about the Christian life is that everything we experience is based on what we believe. Everything we experience. The person who has experienced all the dimensions of Mark 16, laying hands on the sick, taking deadly things and he does not harm them, casting out devils, it's not because God is partial with them. It's not because God is biased towards them. It's because they choose to believe the whole stuff. You choose to believe the whole stuff. <laughs> you know, I, I've discovered that uh, the more you go further in the believing journey, the more labor there is. Because uh, really, faith without works is impotent. The reason why we stay with the elementary science is because we are too lazy, too slothful. Oh, faith is work. Faith is labor. But we stay with the convenient one. The fact that the Holy Ghost helps us with utterances to speak in other tongues. And at least there is a vocal sign that is with you. Sounds very safe. But to confront a demon-possessed person on the, on the basis of the same scripture, not another verse, the same verse, say, no, 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 no. You draw the line and say, this is where my faith stops. I will speak in tongues, so, but I'm not a deliverance minister. What does that woman mean? Deliverance minister. Hallelujah. These signs shall follow them that believe. But where have you stopped in your faith journey? It's not God who limited you. <laughs> it's not God who limited you. It's that you did not continue the faith journey in deepening your conviction and so you only have the elementary signs. Let me go ahead here because I can just stay on Mark 16 and really not exhaust the burdens of God here. I am saying believing is central to Christianity. But for some of us, the only dimension of believing that we have explored is the one that gets us saved. And we're, many people are just comfortable. I'm saved. 
And I'm saying you can do much more with the believing code, with the believing concept. Mark 11 and verse 22 to 24, a portion of scriptures that Kenneth Hagin built his entire ministry on, perhaps on. Whoever shall say to this mountain, believe in his heart, not doubting in his heart, be thou moved and be thou cast into the sea. He shall have whatsoever he saith. If he prays, believing. If he says, believing. The mountains that stand before us as believers, and that phrase, believers, is a weighty phrase. We must restore the weight of that phrase to our, to our lives. To be a believer is not a cheap thing. Amen. To be called a believer. It's a mighty office. He may not be apostle. He may not be pastor. He may not be prophet. But to be called a believer. Come on. He says he has given them the right to become sons of God. The power to become sons of God. Even those who believe in his name. Every time the apostles failed, Jesus did not blame it on their office. They failed to heal this young man here and they asked him, why couldn't we cast him out? He said, well, because of your unbelief. And then he gave them the labor implication of their faith. This one does not come out without fasting and prayer. That's supposed to be the labor implication of their believing. I also show you, you cannot say you believe and you don't pray. Does it add up? Does it make sense? It's like somebody says, I'm alive, but it's not breathing. I'm alive. Well, you can't even say it. Somebody has claims he's alive. There's no pulse. There's no breath. And all the medical gadgets to, to test life is not, I mean, has, has proven that he's not alive. But yet, somebody's saying he's alive. Well, maybe he's saying it by faith, the other faith. The point I'm making here is that if you believe, there will be signs. And this sign should be much more than I speak in tongues. I've seen how the Christian brand has been reduced to just that. You are going out to evangelize, you ask somebody, are you a believer? The person says yes. And the proof is that I speak in tongues. And it's okay, I'm not against tongues, and I speak in tongues, but to limit the entire Christian life to one sign. Uh-uh. You know, to balance like that. Amen. We can do much more with our believing. Much more. So that's the intention of the conversation. If you read and study the life of the apostles, you understand what I mean by the various dimensions and levels of belief. For the apostles to follow Jesus, it took some measure of belief. They followed him. They left all and followed him. They believed to a degree. But you notice that every time Jesus said certain things, the apostles did not believe. For instance, Apostle Thomas. You know him for, for doubts. You know him more for... When you hear Thomas, you, you forgot he's an apostle. He was actually an apostle. Apostle Thomas. But he's more renowned for doubt than for faith. Why? Although he followed. But his own kind of uh, believing was kwashoko. Believe. Jesus said, our friend Lazarus is asleep. 
Let's go and wake him up. He said, okay, he's asleep. He's sleeping. It's good. Those guys were not in the same wavelength at all. But they have exercised the first level of believing. They were following Jesus. Even if it was maliciously. Start following. Start following. Can you imagine Jesus kept telling them, showing them from scripture, I will die. I will be buried. I will rise from the dead. And in the day he died, everybody became depressed. They didn't believe. Truth. They didn't believe. Or they didn't believe to a greater degree than just following. Start following. That Jesus would have to say, Oh fools and slow in hearts to believe. You see the description that Jesus gave his own disciples. Slow to believe. And they've been following him for three years. He had been teaching them. If they had believed when he died, they would have thrown a party and said, Wow, he said he was going to die. And he has died. Wow, what's next? We can't sleep because he's going to rise after three days. Let's just go and wait. And the zombie was buried. But no, Peter went back to fishing. That's Peter that said, You can't die. I will take bullets for you. Nobody can kill you. Where are they? Do you really believe? Many of us are bragging. Bragging is not faith. Just bragging. In the day your faith will be tested, <laughs> we will know whether you really believe. That man said, I believe. But for you to be telling me that. Uh, to him that believes, how things are possible. Maybe you should help my version of belief. I need to upgrade my belief version. My prayer is that after tonight, your belief version will be upgraded. Some of you are believe 1.0. Just get saved. The fundamental one. After that, you have your journey stopped. It's like Peter. Lord, if it is you, tell me to come. He saw Jesus walking on water or he saw somebody walking on water. And he knew that, you see, to know it is Jesus, Jesus will not say only me can do it. <laughs> so, to prove that it is Jesus, tell me, to do, tell me to do what you are doing. And then the man said, come. So he said, it's Jesus. So he began to come. But after a while, he crashed. The faith to take the first step was there. I didn't check when I started. When did I start? 5.45 or 5.50 thereabouts. The faith to take the first step was there. But a few steps down the line, it began to sink. It began to sink. This concept of conviction is a long journey. And um, one of the things our fathers, patriarchs of faith, have is that they may not be as seemingly zealous and energetic as our generation, but they will tell you, I've been a Christian for 40 years. I've seen many different kinds of things. We may not know charismatic operations like you guys, but we have stability. Christian for 40 years never backslided, never. This generation, somebody will speak in tongues, six hours marathon prayer. Tongues, sulfuric, acidic, fire, tongues. Our boyfriend will leave her the next day and she will say, Ah, oh God. His boyfriend that left her, she will say, Oh God, why have thou forsaken me? 
You wonder how people combine such realities. The program they attended was called Throne of Heaven, Throne Room, Throne Room. And for six hours, they were there. You see, that's why when you see the elders, and I'm not talking about preachers, I'm talking about elders of elders who are Christians. When you see the kind of stability that they have, they may not have the zeal we seem to show. And what we call zeal has to be redefined too. Because zeal that cannot endure a heartbreak. Brother, uh, they did not come to church. When we check up on him, we discover that somebody gave him a red card. Or he had an F in one of his courses. And so church has to suffer. You now, <laughs> you, you, you will now see why we are misrepresenting the faith. And because for some of us, the only kind of believing that we have been taught is believing that receives from God. I like the way Philippians says it. It says, it has been given to us not just to believe in his name, but to suffer. People do not know that with believing comes suffering. Because you, you don't understand the real implication of believing, which I want to teach you tonight. So any small inconvenience, you say Abraham was father of faith. Have you ever thought about his life? Do you, do you know what Abraham went through? Father of faith? You say you are sons of Abraham. Father Abraham has many sons. Many sons as father Abraham. I am one of them. And so are you. You have implicated yourself. You have indicted yourself. Do you know what that means? Can you wait for 25 years? Not for the fulfillment of a prophecy for something that God himself promised you, he swore. The Bible says God swore to Abraham. Can you wait for 25 years? How long have you waited? So you are a son of Abraham. Can you leave your father's house to a land where he will later show you? He has not showed you. He will later show you. Can you dwell in tents? You had the capacity to build a permanent dwelling place and yet God says no. You'll be dwelling in tents. You'll be shifting as seasons unfold. Uh. And in the day you receive your Isaac, can you offer him as a sacrifice? After waiting for 25 years. So when you say, Abraham is my father. <laughs> Begin to compare. Do you know what it is to really believe? Abraham was the first person that actually that word was used on. Genesis 15. Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him as righteousness. Do you know what it means to really believe? He believed God. It was imputed to him as righteousness. Same principle we have. We believe in Christ and we have the righteousness of Christ. But do you understand the implications of being called a believer? It's more than we think it is, really. And I want to help you tonight. I'm trusting that God will inscribe these lessons in your soul in a way that it will be obvious that you're a believer. Not just based on the grammatical definitions of that word, because you check the dictionary for belief, you will have to now see that believing is a spiritual reality. That's why I call it the believing code. It's not something that is just defined from face value. 
These days, we, we mock the real definition of belief. So, so somebody is talking about a, a little, a young girl kidnapped, Leah Shaibu, and they ask that to deny Christ. And somebody says, wisdom is profitable to direct. I'll just say, Halak Wakpa, and the, um, the terrorists will leave me alone. And I know I still believe. Because, you, you know, you believe that believing is coming to an altar call. Filling your name in a in an evangelical form. See, there were 17 souls and my name was there. For some people, that's what they think believing is. So when they see real believers, they mock them, spite them. The three Hebrew children says, Well, God is able to deliver, but even if he does not deliver, eh? even if he does not deliver. If your believing stops at the goodies you receive from God, you can't really live up to the real reputation of a believer. Because the idea is beyond you. Faith is a divine concept. Believing in God puts God as the focus. It's not you. So, if I will have to be inconvenienced, I will have to be stressed, for the honor of God. That's, that's belief. But you know what we call belief is God stressing himself for us. To give us the sweets and the candies of this life. When convictions are not strong enough, the signs of believing will be scanty. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 12. Look at how Paul says it. I know whom I believed, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which is committed into his hands. There are many believers, believers, who we expect certain things from. And when we don't find it, we may be surprised. But it's just because the depth of conviction is not there. For instance, we no longer have missionaries. Kingdom financiers are in the rain now. That's why I say, you see, when people are selective with their belief, it's because they don't want to labor to higher dimensions of it. The person that's saying is kingdom financier. He earns a million naira and he gives 10,000 naira. And he says he's a financier of the kingdom. <laughs> Scammer. Scammer. He says he's a financier. He's financing. He gives 0.1%. He says he's financing. People that don't give their life, those are the real financiers. You cannot expect believers to be consecrated, separated, committed, devoted when their convictions are very, very shallow. It was Pastor Tunde Bakare that said Nigerian Christianity is a thousand miles wide but two inches deep. You see the people shouting, Amen, Amen, in miracle service. Amen. Ah, you see, you were at Hallelujah Challenge, Abi. I know you. Once it is about the goodies I want to collect, faith is heightened. When we begin to talk about weightier matters, 
Maturity matters. Perfection matters. You now see that it's a million miles wide, but two inches deep. There's no depth of conviction. Paul says, look at how it begins, for which cause I also suffer. <laughs> These things. Uh, so, when you want to see a man whose conviction is deep, he does not begin with blessings. He will begin to speak about what he has given up for the cause. For which cause I also suffer these sins. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded and is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Your believing dimension must get to this realm. If not, the devotion that your fellowship is expecting from you, you will never, you will never give it. You will never give it. Convictions are shallow, not deep enough. Nobody wants to stress themselves. I cannot come and key myself. It's the Christian version. There are no more martyrs. And I'm not saying you have to die. I'm saying you have to live like to live is Christ. Like what else am I living for if not for the one who died for me? You can't say you believe, you believe, and it does not reflect in these realities. What does it really mean to believe? There are so many abnormalities in the church amongst the believers today and everything is traced to the shallowness of our conviction there are believers i'm saying who cannot make sacrifices for the gospel because they are not even sure you know you, i cannot teach assurance of salvation it's the holy spirit is the one that assures hmm? however you can expose yourself to wrong teachings or wrong belief emphasis that does not give any guarantee for your eternity. That's why, Chris, you see, if I'm not sure, you're telling me that I'm not too sure what will happen when I die. And yet I'm supposed to love my enemies, pray for those who persecute me, bless those that curse me, become a missionary in Afghanistan, and I'm not sure what will happen to me after I die. I don't think that's a smart move. If the apostles were not sure, they would not be committed. We're expecting commitment from a generation that is not sure. They are not sure of anything. They are, not, they are not even sure they have eternal life. You ask them, are you going to heaven? The answer is by the grace of God. And when they say by the grace of God, they mean that. Hey, you want that generation to lay down their life for the gospel? They can't. They can't. The apostles were sure. All of them martyrs. What gave them so much confidence? They are believing crossed a barrier after the resurrection. It crossed an irreversible barrier. 
You see, before the resurrection, their believing was still shallow. After the resurrection, when Peter touched him, the resurrected Christ, hiya, done. Prior to that time, a little girl said, You are his disciple. Your, even your accent betrays you. Say, I never see him before for my life. Yeah. After the resurrection, you could not convince them against the gospel. Threaten them, beat them, persecute them. I mean, in Acts 25, Peter was jailed. An angel came, removed him, he went back to preach. Such was their conviction. What threatens the Christian today? Shallow things. Little things. Christianity was known for fearlessness. Let me say it's, it's an abomination. It's abominable. For the Christian to be afraid of some of the things we are afraid of now. It never used to be. After the first apostles passed on, persecution intensified. If you read church history, you understand. There was a certain king that really, really went all out against the Christian faith. One of the things that was amusing to the onlookers was the way Christians defied death. Like you bring them to a stadium and you threaten to feed them to lions and they will smile and say bring it on huh? the spectators will be like who are these guys what do they know what have they seen Christianity one more convert being persecuted than being blessed as it were <laughs> I read the story of a man who was going to be beheaded. And the man, the executioner, brought the sword and tried, but he missed. He missed the target, so the neck did not cut. And the Christian looked at him and said, Sorry, can I help you? Huh? The man was like, I want to cut your head. You say you want to help me. What do you know? What do you have? Why, why are you so at rest? Even me, my hands are shaking to cut you. What peace? Convictions we deep. Our comfort and convenience are still in our conviction. We do the bad room. So our favorite song is me, I know go so far. And you, you can't walk in the, I've told you, sorry from scripture. You can't walk in the realms of apostolic faith with that kind of a reasoning. Amen. What does it mean to really believe? And by the way, I told you our experiences are dependent on our faith, our beliefs. But our beliefs are also dependent on our hearing. You see, why we are having this lecture is so that we can drive our faith into the next year. Our hearing determines our faith. That's explained in the salvation context in Romans chapter 10 and verse 13 and 14. How can they call upon the name of the Lord 
if they do not believe? How can they believe if they do not hear? How can they hear if the preacher is not sent? Do you understand what I'm saying? So what you believe is a function of what you've been hearing. If you hear wrongly, you believe wrongly. The woman with the issue of blood said to herself, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And she had faith. Jesus says, well, your faith has made you whole. But what did she hear that made her believe if she touched his garments? She didn't just hear, Jesus is a healer. No. Jesus is a healer is not sufficient information to say, if I touch his garments, I'll be healed. She must have heard some other things. Amen. Amen. What did the centurion hear? That made him say, you don't have to come to my house. Just speak a word. Ah. What did he hear? Jesus said, I've not found such great faith. Matthew 8. Not even in Israel. The centurion had something aside from the common, Jesus is a good man that heals. He must have had something more than that. So the robustness of your faith is a function of the robustness of the teachings you have been hearing. When I see people whose faith are shallow, I don't blame them. I try and identify what are you hearing and I try and upgrade that. If you change your hearing, then your, your faith, your believing upgrades. So I'm glad that I've introduced to you the believing that suffers tonight. If that's the reason I wouldn't establish in your soul, I'll be happy. Because there's something that that consciousness does to you. I think it was Peter who said, whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Because the Christian says, I believe the Bible, I believe the Bible. Okay. And then he says, I cannot stop masturbating. Hold on. Did you say you cannot stop or you don't want to stop? Say, I cannot stop. Pastor, I've tried. You cannot stop. So right now, are you masturbating? Say, no. It's okay. Ever masturbated in church before? No. Ever masturbated on the road before? No. How about in the presence of your roommate? Never, sir. Did you say you cannot stop? Nah, it's not like you cannot stop. But your hearing, eh? Your hearing is defective. The just shall live by faith. You see, everything about the Christian life, holiness, purity, is believing-based. The man who believes he cannot stop, that's the problem. Jesus shows us in your room right now. That, that, that thing would manifest. You cannot stop. You are overrating that thing. Do you know who you are? New creation. Do you know who you are? Do you know what you have? But it's a defective hearing. And I want to encourage you, sometimes many people read Christian books, sometimes you forget to read scripture. Just read the Bible raw, raw, raw. And make up your mind, this is the final authority. I was listening to Corey Blake, who is basically a mentee to John G. Lake, who is perhaps one of the greatest healing apostles of all ages. I mean, based on the records that were scientifically proven, 
this man shut down every hospital in his hometown. Doctors could not practice where he was. Bad market. When John Gillick is around. You don't, you, don't, you don't have an hospital when John Gillick is around. It's, it's just going mean, to mess it up. I'm talking about scientifically accredited. What's the phrase now? Proven. I'm not talking about, I shall believe I'm here with him. I'm talking about, go and test. John Gillick used to bet. He will call a sick man and say, come to my healing room. If after two weeks I don't heal, I'll give you a hundred dollars. It's sure for I'm gone. So I'll give you a hundred dollars. If you're not healed. It's not about I don't want to be like if you come to my environment, my hospital, which is my healing room. I don't use syringes. I use the word. But if you come, I will, you, I will give you hundred dollars. <laughs> so anybody that wanted to make money from being sick, you know, some people want to make money from being sick. <laughs> I was listening to <laughs> a writer God say that he was supposed to pray for a deaf man, and he said, "Come, let me pray for you so that you can open your your ears." Can we say no? Don't pray for me. Because he's using it to service a financial system. You won't give him money again if his ears open. Anyway, Corey Blake and John G. Lake. I forgot what I wanted to say now. What did I say before John G. Lake or before Corey Blake? Huh? Effective hearing. Don't worry. <laughs> Honestly, can't remember, but I think I will be reminded subsequently. James chapter 2 and verse 19. Let me show you why we need to understand what believing really is. James 2 19. Now, everybody say, I believe. Now, I want you to be dissatisfied with your your elementary realm and I, I want you to see how scripture shows that what you have is common it's not special so let's um, leave the realms of the commoner thou believest that there is one God, everybody say I believe you've done well to believe that's actually what it says next, thou doest well you try but it now puts you in the same level as devils which should make you angry. Ah. Yeah. The, the idea is to spoil you onto not just a greater dimension, but the actual implication. Because I believe is not a big deal, really. So the Apostle James is trying to teach you that devils, and by devils it means demons. Imagine you and in fact, some demons believe more than Christians. <laughs> Actually. Some of you have watched the movie. Where, in the movie, the name of Jesus did not work. Even demons are not that stupid. Demons, they, they know the name of Jesus. But a, a Christian dramatist will convince you Sometimes God says yes, sometimes God says no, sometimes God says wait. You believe that? Chapter and verse. To support that theology. Read the Bible and just take it to be true. Whatever shall say to this mountain, be thou moved and be cast into the sea, it shall have whatsoever it says. 
You read too many books. That's why you don't believe this one. See, it's not that straightforward though. Well, the abnormalities of our faith is because we have not narrowed our structures of believing. Amen. Smetugu's words was an illiterate and so he could not really read a lot. But when he began to read, the first thing he read was the Bible. And since then he insisted that that was the only thing he was going to read. After a while, he read a few other things. But he was called Apostle of Faith because his, his own belief was just, the Bible says, he would pick dead people up and hit them to the ground. And say, get up. And when they don't stand, he would take them up and throw them to the wall and say, get up. That kind of radical faith is because it's not only down to here. It's not reading testimonies of somebody who tried it and did not work. People's experiences do not form the basis of his faith. He says, no, I'll just stick with this one. Some of you, you too know book. That's why you don't get faith. You too, know, you too sabi. You sabi medicine. Sabi, you too sabi. You are too brilliant. Okay. That believers that there is one God that does well, the devils also believe. And tremble. Now, you see, I'm telling you, some believers don't even tremble. <laughs> so, the demons, their own belief is even greater. You don't tremble. You are the bride of Christ. You touch God's baby. Ah, you, <laughs> you don't tremble. You don't tremble. Demons, eh, they believe the trouble. Then James begins to tell us that there must be implications. Go to verse 20, please. But without no vain man, that faith without works is dead, impotent, inactive. So the issue here is not just knowing what faith is, knowing what believing is, but getting results from believing. Anybody can say, I believe, I believe, I believe. And like that man, I believe, but I've not gotten results to help my own belief. Because I want results. These signs shall follow them that believe. Where are the signs? I say I believe, but where are the signs? I must really understand what it means to believe. And then work in the implication, the practical implications of that claim. Then the signs will begin to follow. Hallelujah. Okay. Let me show you one more example of misdefinitions of beliefs or believing. Matthew 8 and verse 25. This was Jesus sleeping in a boat. I like what Jesus responded to. Or how Jesus responded. But look at the apostles here. They woke him up and saying, save us, we perish. What did they say? Come on. Come on. What did they say? That sounds like a faith speech. I mean, if you call upon Jesus, save us, we are about to perish. Sounds very believing expression. And look at what Jesus now says afterwards. And he said unto them, why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? So Jesus didn't consider that waking up event as faith. He considered it as fear. And many of us think that we are actually believing. Meanwhile, when, when the author of our faith now investigates, he says, no, this is not believing, no. 
You guys are just scared. You don't have to assume. You can know faith and know if you are in faith and know if you believe. You can know it. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Please remember that conviction is a journey. So irrespective of the level you are currently, just um, open your heart, learn. Peter did not get to act three levels overnight. He didn't get to act five levels overnight. He had his own struggles. He also sank as he was going to meet Jesus while walking on water. He also denied the Lord thrice. But admit you have a problem. That's what the man said. I believe. Help my unbelief. It would be good if perhaps you forget anything you have learned before about faith. Especially if it's not producing results. Maybe I didn't learn it well. Start again. And many of us, the things we heard wrongly, we heard it in church. That's why it has become a negative stronghold. Because a man of God said it. An apostle said it. You need to check the book again and compare with what your favorite apostle said. Does it tell you? Because if you hold on to another man's words, your experiences will be defined and limited to that. But if you say, okay, okay, okay. I've taught all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word. Now, I'm going to go back to your word. And it's going to be the basis for my actions and choices going forward. You begin to see the result and the signs of the believer. Okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are six things I want to say. I'll try and say them in about 60 minutes. Six things. Which is going to just define what it means to believe. Cracking the believing code. But please note from James' letters or James' writing, for something to be called believe, it must have corresponding action. So you're not just going to be learning what it means to believe. You're going to be learning the corresponding action for accurate belief. That's a better way to learn it. So I'm not going to necessarily ask you, do you believe? I'm going to watch out for your actions, corresponding actions, and I'm going to define it. If you, if you believe, there is a corresponding action that will follow. And if you don't believe, there's a corresponding action that will follow also. So, what does it mean to really believe? Number one, to believe is to stick with. I bet you might have not heard it like this before, but uh, I'm going to show you scriptures so you don't think it's just my own <laughs> rema. <laughs> it's not rema, it's just Bible truth. To believe is to stick with. The idea of belief is actually a marriage idea. It's a binding idea. Amen. The person that believes in me the most is my wife. And it's not difficult to know. She sticks with me. She's bound to me. She's stuck with me for life. It's imprisonment. You know, until you understand this, this teaching I'm teaching you, you will not know why we say, or why scripture says, whoever believes in him shall not perish. 
can't perish. Because of who you are bound to. Can't perish. Jesus will have to perish. You will now understand why somebody who says, okay, let me not jump my notes. I will get there. But let me take it little by little. So believe is to stick with. If I believe in you, I will stick to you. I will stick with you. My wife believed in me, so she married me. She did not marry me when I was packaged and it looked like my future is bright. She, she married me believing. It was a sticking to. It's not about what I like. It's not about... Do you know how I asked my wife out? Should I show you? You want to see? Don't record me. Oh. So I said, see, I like you, gone, and I don't want to live without you. But I think I will do ministry. And the kind of ministry I will do, I don't think I will have money. I told her that. I don't think I will have money. That's how I told, that was my toasting speech. I said, I don't think I will have money. I don't think I will make it. Yeah. Because from, from a child, you see, my, my faith exposure, I did not read your popular authors. The kind of authors I read that taught me faith. Watch my knee, A.W. Tozer. I didn't read faith to get, faith to get. I read the one that Timothy said, I suffer. I'm not ashamed. I know whom I believed. So able to keep what is committed to his hands. That's the kind of when my foundation of faith was not give me, give me, give me. So when I was introducing my ministry, I was not imagining riding in a car and seven ushers welcoming like they did today. Say, so, yeah, welcome, welcome, sir. I have to be greeting them, seven ushers. I didn't imagine all of that. It was not part of the plan. So I told her that uh, that's the I like you, but uh, so to prove that she now to to marry me despite that kind of introduction is believe that sticks with not because of what you are getting not because the future is bright I just, I'm sticking to this guy to believe is to stick with and all the patriarchs of faith listed in Hebrews 11 that was the constant virtue faith that stuck to God the constant virtue was not necessarily about what they received and Many of them received, but even at the concluding part of Hebrews 11, it says, all these people did not even receive the ultimate promise, which was referring to eternal life in the sense we have it now. So if it's about what I received, they were not heroes of faith. What marked Enoch? What marked Noah? What marked Abraham? What marked Samson? Stuck with God. Stuck. I told you, Abraham, father of faith, 25 years. Father of faith, collect one child. Doesn't sound fitting. The father of faith. So what do you have to show your faith? Isaac. Isaac. Even go to the bone. It couldn't be that. He, he wouldn't have earned that title just because he received Isaac. Isaac? No way. Even Isaac was a prophetic picture. The seed of Christ. It was beyond all that biological reproductive conversations. It was that Abraham stuck with God. When it was clear, when he didn't understand, when he was confused, 
when he had doubts oh yeah and a man can be a believer and there will be doubts and an angel will say at the time of life you will deliver and Sarah will laugh and yet in her record books she was mother of it because believing is in this ticking it's not a feeling that I'm sticking sticking to God sticking to God. I've not got anything to show for the sticking one. Sticking to God. That's, that's when you say, I believe in Jesus, you are joined to Christ. That's the implication of salvation now. I believe in Jesus is not, well I believe there was a man from Nazareth some years ago and he was a Jewish rabbi who did some miracles. That's not it. The people who crucified Jesus, I mean, who were instrumental in piercing his side, driving nails to his palms, they did not believe. So, if I say, I believe that Jesus died, it's not just acknowledging the historical account. That's not belief. That one, the devils, believe that one. The demons, the demons know that Jesus was crucified now. You know, they knew that the soldiers that they bribed to claim that the disciples came and stole his body, they knew that Jesus rose from the dead. They knew, but they did not believe. So, believing is not agreeing with an historical event. If I say I believe in Jesus, it means that I am sticking to Jesus, and that's a kind of faith many have not learned. That's why backsliding is increasing. That's why denying Christ is commonplace among so-called believers. That's why a little persecution, a little trouble, a little suffering, and the so-called believer begins to wane in commitment. Because they were not really taught what it means to believe. So the first stage of believing that the apostles crossed was actually a cross-bearing believing. They left all and stuck with Jesus. Stuck to Jesus. Peter left his fishing business. I said that he backslid and went back. And in that sense, he experienced a doubt phase. But you see them sticking to him as a mark of ability. The one that said, um, My father is dead. Let me go and bury him. Jesus says, We don't do that here. We don't do that here. You, if, you are, if you really believe in me, you've got to abandon everything and stick to me. No, we, we, we keep demanding faith signs, but many of us don't know what believing is. If you are not fully immersed into this faith business that is you have not burnt your bridges I said I'm not there's no, there's no, there's no going back in fact many of these we call doubt God simply says it's not even believing at all he's the one that usually marks those scripts sometimes you see it and say okay this one was just doubt and God will say no he didn't believe at all because all the while I knew that it was not committed to me, it was not sticking to me. I was going to show you 
from scriptures. Let's read a few scriptures here. John 6, 68 to 72. So what's the first thing about believing? Sticking with, sticking to. Or you can put it simpler, allegiance, loyalty. That's the, those are the, those are the, those are the real expressions of believing. My wife believes in me. She's loyal to me. She has pledged an allegiance to me. That's what Noah did to God. That's what Abraham did to God. All the heroes of faith. That's, that's the sign. Allegiance. Now Simon Peter. Now this is. Okay let's read from verse 65. Oh, no, what verse is this? 68. And he said therefore said I unto you. That no man can come unto me. Except it were given unto him of my father. Go ahead please. From that time, many of his disciples went back. Now, look at the conversation so that you can understand what I'm saying here. Everybody say, went back and walked no more with him. Okay? Go ahead to verse 67. And Jesus said unto the twelve, Will you also go away? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure. Everybody say sure. That thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Go ahead please. Jesus answered them. Have not I chosen you twelve? And one of you is a devil. This devil conversation again. Then look at why he said that. He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. For he, it was that should betray him. So the mark of unbelief is betrayal. The mark of believing is sticking to, sticking with. Are you following me tonight? If there's anything on the earth that can threaten your relationship with Jesus, that can sever your relationship with Jesus. Young sister, Jim Jim for Jesus, if there's a possibility of you marrying an allergy, you never believed. If there's a possibility of betraying Jesus, it's in the same category as devils. And by devil here, Jesus was referring to the deceptive nature. Profess faith, but they are planning their betrayal letter. So if you say, I believe, what you are saying is that, well, continual tense. I am going to stick to Jesus. There's no room for betrayal. There's no possibility. Those were the songs they sang in the days of our grandfathers. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus No turning back No turning back We don't sing those songs in crusade anymore Because in those days Somebody coming out for the altar call Is coming to stick To Jesus It's not, it's not come God will bless you <laughs> The man who came out for the altar call Six years ago To the average Christian crusade Was coming with that song not turning back. 
He's counting his cost. He's not counting his gains. <laughs> He's thinking of all the girlfriends he has to leave behind. The smoking and the drinking and the partying. And he's saying, I'm not turning back. I'm not going. As, as a proof that I believe, I'm not turning back. That was the definition then. Now, the, the, the world has now evolved. So, I mean, I came to Jesus. He promised me good grades and a good wife and good grandchildren. And even after two years, I don't see it. I say Christianity is a scam. We have many Christian atheists on Twitter today. Say church and scam. Christianity is a scam. Because what they taught them as the gospel did not include believing as sticking with Jesus. Peter said, where else shall we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. And then Jesus says, say, I chose 12. For one is a devil. One will betray me. One will betray me. Prior to this time, he had other disciples, maybe 70. They left because he preached one sermon. They left. One sermon. John 6 was, eat my flesh, drink my blood. That's all. And they said, ah, this is a hard saying. Who can bear it? And they left. Huh. Never believed, really. Never believed. Peter did not understand the sermon, no. I'm telling you, Peter didn't understand. The, the 11 that stayed back didn't understand. He said, well, my wife did not understand me when she married me. It's conviction beyond natural understanding. It's a spiritual code. It's persuasion beyond your senses. When you say, I believe, it's not because the, the, the journey will be smooth, presenting this a bed of roses, easy life. It's not that. I know whom I've believed. is able to keep that which is committed to my hand. Do you see the CV of Paul? Do you see the persecutions, the beatings, the floggings, the... And I says, I know who I've believed. In all this office, I'm not ashamed. I know whom I've believed. He's talking about I know who I am sticking to. For Abraham, the real thing was that he stuck to God. That's the real thing about Abraham. When it was confusing, when there was no seeming justification for following God, he said, I'm going childless, God. He said, this Eliezer that will be the heir of my, all my properties. He's talked to God. He's talked to God. Even when he seemingly laughed, he's talked to God. So we have to redefine the concept to its original implication. Believing is sticking with God. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 39. We are not of those who draw back onto perdition. But of them that believe. So what's the opposite of believe here? Come on, talk to me. What's the opposite of believe? Draw back. It's comparing two realities. Drawing back is a sign that you don't believe. 
and it's, it's, it's because you were promised you see your so-called belief was premised on the good things you will receive in that journey so the writer here says well we are not of those that draw back and of course he says if any man draw back my soul will have no pleasure in him because I mean without faith it's impossible to please God so but drawing back does not necessarily mean you renounce the faith I need you to understand the deception of backsliding Judas was still counted among the twelve when he had drawn back he was still keeping the purse and they still sent him for evangelical outreach and he seemingly still did some miracles in the name but he had drawn back to perdition he was not in the believing framework you see let's emphasize unwavering devotion let's emphasize unwavering devotion that's, that's what believing really is we have fake converts today because of this problem somebody says I believe he doesn't know what believing means he experiences one challenge he stops coming to church he, he leaves the choir he stops doing morning devotion because what he heard about believing is really wrong hearing must be accurate for believing to be potent defective hearing will produce defective believing we are not of those that draw back hallelujah Amen. now say this after me I believe. I believe so what should come to your mind is sticking to Jesus I'm not saying other things will not entice you Hebrews chapter 3 let's look at it from the church in the wilderness as it were Hebrews 3 and verse 14 to 19 for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast everybody says steadfast unto the end why did you say today if you will hear his voice harden not your heart as in the provocation for someone they had heard did provoke albeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses but with whom was he grieved 40 years was it not with them that had sinned whose carcass fell in the wilderness and to whom swore he that they should not enter into his rest but to them that believed not so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief once again story is referring to people who came out of Egypt but were not willing to stick to God in the wilderness are you following here it was a sticking with issue came out of Egypt all the great signs wow 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 Jehovah overdue wow 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 there she parted and in the day there was no water we remember the cucumber and the garlic we used to eat unbelievers unbelieving believers that's how many Christians are so a few brothers in this wilderness to come and kill us here are there no graves in Egypt I was with a Christian sister and walking on the road and they began to play some good 
old, good in quotes, good old R&B blues. Westlife and Backstreet Boys on the road. And I say, oh, boy. What happened? She said, ah. She said, she said this is where I was. She said, if not for Christianity, I should have been enjoying this thing. Some of you are missing the world. You don't believe. You, you, can't, you can't believe and miss the world. So, ah, this was the life. Carry of eternal life. Say this was the life. Do you really believe? What's there to miss? The scripture described as a life of death. Dead in trespasses. Slaves to sin. I should miss that. Do you really believe? Are you sticking to Jesus? Come rain, come shine. Doesn't matter what comes, really. I've made up my mind. But how, you see, now I'm not surprised why some Christians are not sure of where they are going when they die. I'm not surprised. Because even they, their covenant with God is conditional. So they, they, they cannot have that persuasion that says, come on, death is just transportation to heaven. I'm not scared of that. You know, until you break that, that death barrier, fear will still be in your soul. The reason why Christians are afraid is that there is still the fear of death that has not been totally removed from their soul. And that fear of death comes from the persuasion of I know whom I believe is able to keep. You look at the way the apostles spoke about death, you'll be afraid. I'm, I'm, I'm straight betwixt two. Whether to die or to live, I'm not sure. Say, but for your sake, I will sleep you around. <laughs> is it death you are talking about like this? Is it actually to live is Christ and to die is gain? Why, why does a man talk like that? The resurrection barrier, and you see, many of the things we should explain should be even in the light of the gospel, which is climaxed in the resurrection. I don't have time, however. But you must understand the implication of Jesus dying and you also dying with him. Jesus being raised from the dead and you also being raised with him. When you, see, when it dawns in your soul like that, the code breaks. You, you just enter into a realm of resting faith. You can't be threatened. You can't be threatened. Hallelujah. Amen. To believe is to stick with Jesus. Okay, a few other scriptures. Now, the corresponding action for this first believing explanation is continuity. Everybody say continuity. Continuity. Say it louder, please. Continuity. So, if they did not, let's say, let, let's read it the way it's written in scriptures. First John two nineteen, and I like you to see how God perceives some of what we call backsliding. In fact, He doesn't call it backsliding; He calls it no faith at all in the first place. So we see that they could. Sorry, First John two nineteen. I think this is still Hebrews. 
share this screen or response. Let me just, if it shows up, let me know. It's up, okay. Now they went out from us. The Apostle John is talking about a group of people that left their company. But look at how he describes this event. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. So the corresponding proof or action of belief is continuity. Sister Bingbe has married Alaji Badmos. That's why we have to ask, was she really a believer? Because you don't assume. Because continuity is the proof. Sister Tosin has been located and now she's wearing bikinis publicly. Was she really a believer? Or it was Nigerian challenge that made her a believer? We are, I said first combat. First combat. I know in a, in a generation where the goal is to multiply churches, have the number, highest number of church, highest number of combat, seven million souls want to God, they want to just brag about it. People are quick to inflate numbers. In those days, evangelical meetings were weeping meetings. The sinner weeps to the altar. He don't bounce to the altar. It was even... You know, the idea of altar calls was not even popular till the 19th century. It was Charles Finney that made it popular because of the way he was saved and he began to encourage people. But even at that time, altar calls were so barren moment. Anybody who comes to the altar, there was no doubt that the person had counted their cost. No doubt. How they did it was that they would come, they would weep. And they would teach them to weep until the joy of salvation. They didn't consider the joy of salvation as taking a selfie with a smile. Say smile. Jesus loves you. That's right now. That's not joy of salvation. And it's not some of these extreme charismatic things. Ooh. And then afterwards, depression resumes. That's not that. They'll say weep until the... When you, when you know when the joy comes, weep. Be weeping. So they'll be there weeping sometimes for days. And then when the joy comes, you will see it. You will see it. Even if the person is frowning, you will see an elation of the spirit on his face. Like, what happened to you? I'm stuck with Jesus. That's what happens. But we have, we have, we have faked everything. Believing has been faked. Just smile. Smile with the pastor. That's your, that's your ticket to heaven. We took selfie with the God's general. I mean, if the band walks into church now, a front seat will be reserved for him. The band. And uh, we'll be more honored to have him. We have made it. If they had been of us, they would have continued. They would have continued. So the corresponding action here is continuity. And this applies to every other thing. For 25 years, Abraham continued. 
continued. And even after he had Isaac, he continued. That's, that's, that's what made him father of faith. That's how we know he believed. Look at the woman who was asking Jesus for a healing miracle on her daughter. And then Jesus said, we can't give what belongs to the children to dogs. She said, even the dogs eat crumbs. Then Jesus says, in, okay, proud to that, she had disturbed the apostles to a point where the apostles said, for sure. By the way, that gives you a mental picture of who the apostles were. <laughs> As people, people like Apostle Thomas, they must have been the one for the blessing. Just say, away, she's disturbing us. Somebody's saying, please heal my daughter. You say she's disturbing you. And they had the other to come and tell Jesus. Imagine. Imagine somebody going to tell Jesus, say, just say, away. she's a nuisance. These are the kind of people that were following Jesus. And then in the, in the time and the hour that Jesus answered the woman, he said, great is your faith, a.k.a. disturbance. Great is your persistence and continuity. So have what you want. People say, I've been waiting on God for three months and I don't think it's forthcoming. Did you say three months? It is those, it's those kind of Christians that are not sure what will happen to them when they die. Because even their relationship with God is based on a conditional contract. Yeah. Yeah, I never see husband though. He get one wisdom where my sister teach me. She, if he just get belay for somebody, we, maybe. Or belay na belay. Now see God they give belay. So. Uh -uh. You never really believed. To stick with God is not just to stick with God, to stick to his methods. Sticking with is not just maintaining the Christian reputation. My name is Gabriel. A.K.A. Michael. Son named Lucifer. You have used all the archangels to, 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 after your baptism certificate was received. That's not the idea. I'm saying that the methods of God, you stick with it. So in the day Abraham had a, a faith crisis, he chose Hagar. He was in doubt. His believing was shaking that. So he repented. God said, it's not true. It's not like this that the seed is born. Stick to my methods. It's by Sarah. It's this Sarah. Dead womb, which was prophetic of the resurrection, of course, or the incarnation. Dead womb. I must write a story before the story. The ultimate story was the Jesus story, but Abraham was a prophetic picture of that. Dead womb, virgin, no possibility of natural conception, yet in that, that life came out. God said, you will stick to my method. I will write the stories here. You will Abraham, you are my guy. Don't leave me. Stick to me. Believe in me. Stick into. And it's not going to be easy. I'm telling you now, if it, they, they taught you that faith is just, it's, that sticking toe will sometimes make you run crazy. You'll be mocked, you'll be ridiculed. They will say, where's the evidence that you're following God? And you want to count evidence, you won't see. The only evidence will be that I know he, he loves me. I know he's there for me. Wow. That's believing. In the day, <laughs> Jesus was crucified. They said, ah, see you healed people. Come down from the cross. Jesus believed God, stuck to his methods. Stuck. 
He could come down. He could call a legion of angels. Stuck to the metal. This is the plan, the redemption plan. I'm sticking to it. I believe God. I'm sticking to the plan. Hallelujah. Amen. One of the reasons I told my wife that I may not make it all because I was going to stick to the plan. I don't have publicity strategy. If ministry does not does not blow, I don't have any method. I don't get. I don't create content. I don't. I don't do podcasts because I'm looking for crowd. There's no. I don't. I don't have any strategy for growth. Aside from the Holy Ghost. So if it doesn't work, I know go. I know go stress myself. I'm prepared to fail before I began. And though he slay me, I will follow him. I'm prepared to fail. So in the day Jesus says, "Take your cross, follow me." He was saying beyond the gains, and there will be gains. Yes, you can't follow Jesus and there will be no gains. But it's not the gain per se. Just follow. Stick to me. Stick to me. Stick to me. Deny yourself. Stick to me. Say, I believe. And you're saying it now with more understanding because you know the corresponding action. My time is running. So let me run. Second meaning of believing beyond sticking to Jesus, loyalty, allegiance, the second meaning of believing is to entrust which is a deeper dimension of trust. So, and trust. Now, let me confirm. What we hear and trust, what comes to your mind? So what? To keep in somebody's hand. Excellent. <laughs> That's why deep faith is not about receiving. It's actually about giving. You will soon see from scripture. I know that Jesus believed God not because he received, but because he entrusted his life and trusted resurrection to follow. Give, give up his life. The apostles were believers not because they received any good thing, but because they entrusted their lives. That's what you see in 2 Timothy 1 12. Is it first or 2 Timothy we read? Suffer all things, yet not ashamed. I know my belief is able to keep that which is committed unto him against that day. That's why the good old term for initial for salvation in those days was I have given my life to Christ. Some, some wicked children just now came and said, no, you don't give your life to Christ. You receive, your, you receive the life of God. Both of them work. But I'm saying that believing was entrusting. Or believing is entrust. Hallelujah. The thief beside Jesus that died, do you think that in the mind of that thief, he had received anything per se? That was not... You see, it was, it was more about entrusting, giving his life to the one who can keep it. Not, he wasn't receiving Holy Ghost, he didn't speak in tongues, he didn't. Even eternal life, he maybe received, well, in that, in that context, it was, not, it was not yet available. The indwelling spirit, because Jesus had to rise from the dead. But he entrusted. When he said, I believe you, he was entrusting his life to Jesus. He said, you will keep it for me. I can trust you to keep it. 
I entrust my life. So when I say I believe in Jesus, it means to entrust, to give my life and my all because he is trustworthy. When you go to the bank, now, to believe in the bank is not just to withdraw from the bank. Are you following me? Yeah. I believe in the bank, so I'm going to withdraw. Well, you may believe that the bank has made cash available in the ATM. But a deeper dimension of belief is that you have one million dollars. And you now say, I will give it to a bank. Ah, you really believe the bank. And your bank better be trustworthy bank. Like Guarantee Trust Bank. Is Guarantee Trust Bank trustworthy? Let me not spoil anybody's brand. The bank I used to like that time because of the advert bank PHB. They crashed. And the money, do you know? <laughs> and trust. So when I say I believe, and I think one of their slogans was believe something. They used to have wonderful adverts, yeah? Bank PHB. If I say I believe, when my wife said I believe in you, it's not just I'm sticking to you, I'm entrusting my life into you. You can do whatever, whatever turns out to you, whatever happens to you, will happen to me too. I'm entrusting. So it's it's a more giving thing than receiving. Hallelujah. And in the context of our conversation, the more we believe, the more we become sacrificial Christians. People no longer make sacrifices to God because believing is shallow. You see people holding fast to things, clinging to things. The apostles gave up all, gave up, gave up for the cause of the gospel, gave up because their believing was deep. So believe means to entrust. I know my belief is able to keep that which is committed. That's why Peter could sleep in prison. How does a man sleep in prison? And it was not just prison. It was death row prison. They were supposed to cut his head the next day. His sleep was so deep an angel had to tap him. He had entrusted his life to him that was able to keep him. So, give your life to Christ is central to the believing because the average believer wants to still run their life like they have a life. You don't have a life. You don't own it. You gave it up. You have given it to the one who can keep it. That's why I said we no longer have missionaries. We no longer have Christians who can take risks for the sake of the gospel. We no longer have sacrificial believers. Convenient Christianity is now the trending thing. If it will cost me anything, I can't do it. It's not, Jesus is not worth it. And we say we believe. They say, put your money where your mouth is. Our believing is simply to the degree of our sacrificing. I said many of us are bragging. We are just bragging. I believe, I believe, I believe. Okay. You know, you know that we act like nothing has nothing is at stake. That's why we cannot convince the world that there's hell. 
Christian is busy building their stuff on the earth. They have no savings in heaven. You know, Jesus said, uh, when you are keeping money or keeping treasure, don't just keep it on the earth. Open a bank account of heaven. Guarantee trust the bank may fail. It's not trustworthy enough. You cannot entrust all your riches to an earthly account. You say, have an account in heaven. The unbelievers watch you who say there's a life after death. See that all your investments are for here. And you want to convince them that there's life after death. Mm. You can't convince them. They see that all your effort, all your passion, all your zeal, all your pursuit is for the present world. And you are trying to convince them. You are like the rich fool. All your treasures is on this house, in this tent, in this earth. You now want to convince an unbeliever that there's life after death. Your life is a distraction to the message. Your life is a contradiction to the message. So, that's why, once again, things like the certainty of our salvation is not sure. Because if you have entrusted all you are and all you have and your entire life, you will not have doubts. You will say like Paul, I know my belief is able to keep it. The reason why you are not sure he's able to keep it is because you have not even entrusted him with it. You're still running your life. You're still running your life. More money determines the city you will locate to. My Jackpot brethren, are you around? Because some of you are angry. I will go deeper. I will go deeper. You still run history your life. You are not entrusted. So you are not sure, and I don't blame you. You can't be sure really. With the way you're running your life, you too, you know yourself, you're not trustworthy now. You can't be sure, I can't be sure. In the day you hand over that life, you'll be sure. You will know what it means to say, like Paul, I know whom I believed. And trust. I don't have a life. There's a God that watches my steps, orders my steps, orders my stop. What's your what's your vision? 2030. I know get. Whatever the Lord says I should do, I will do. I've entrusted my life to him. If he calls me today, I say, all right, all right, all right. I've done in this country. We are moving to the next level. Yes, boss. If after three years, he says, now go back to your, where you came from. I say, all right, boss. That's, that's, what is this to believe? That's what Abraham did now. Leave your father and mother. Leave your father's house. The land I will later show you. Eat two more. But <laughs> you two reason now. If they tell you that one, you go agree. Show me now. What, what is this? You will later show me. Show me now. How can I leave my security to a place where I don't even know exists? I'll just be going in tent. I'll be getting in tent. And Abraham was a rich man. He was a great man in his own right. But entrust because I believe. Abraham believed God, it was accounted for righteousness and trust. So I take my life, run it, run life. I don't have a life, run it. Do what you want to do with it. That's Christianity. There are many Christians on Sunday, they give their life. On Monday, they collect it back. That's how we do it. So we are saying, the signs that follow believers, we are not seeing it. You can't see it. <laughs> you can't see it, huh? The inconsistency is glaring. <laughs> so believe is to entrust. 
That's where peace comes. What we call peace many times is not peace. So, so it is, we, are, we are faking the peace. Our heart is beating. I still got joy in chaos. But you know me, you know sure for you. Because you not just braggadocious talk. Because now you see they run your life. When you drop it, I know whom I believed. He's able to keep uh-huh. real peace. Ah, you will do what Abraham did. Abraham cannot stay in his father's house and say, eh, I still got joy in chaos. You, can, you, you come out of your convenience and follow the one who knows the way. That's, these, these things that the Bible describes are not fairy tales. They are real, but we are too comfortable in our, trapped in our natural realms. All the experiences of Daniel and the three Hebrew children is the same thing. And trust. And trust. And trust. In the fire, I've given it to God. I don't have a life. What God wants to do with my life in the fire is his business. I'm not going to worry about the fire. Increase the intensity of the heat seven times. It's not my business. I'm not going to, but I'm not going to, I'm going to stick to him. I'm not going to deny him. And I've also entrusted my life to him. Keep it. Yeah. That's where you can sleep in the den of lions. Imagine that. No, have you ever thought about Daniel's faith? That you know, Daniel's faith could not afford to go on a commercial break, staying with lions all night. And the way Hebrews eleven says that it was by faith he shot them out of lions. So if the faith went on a commercial break, <laughs> so the faith had to work consistently throughout the night. The king came and said, hey, oh Daniel, that's your God. Delivered you? He said, of course, just like you know you. Yeah, he has delivered me. All this give your life to Christ, collect it back. Give your life to Christ, collect it back. Give your life to Christ, collect it back. <laughs> He's not believing. If we want to believe, let's believe. If we don't want to do, let's leave it. Nobody forced you. The person that forced you is a, is a liar. I'm here to tell you that eh, you cannot be bullied to believe in. You cannot be bullied into it. You will determine and said, I'm giving it up. I don't have a life again. I've entrusted it into the hands of the one who created me. Uh-huh. Then your journey begins. Then life starts. Hallelujah. To believe in God is to declare him trustworthy. I like how the psalmist says it in 78-22. Psalm 78-22. Just look at the Look at the repetitive emphasis here. 78 and of Psalms. Because they believed not in God and trusted not his salvation. And so they didn't. No, don't worry about this. They didn't believe, they did not trust. They did not believe, they did not entrust. To believe is to trust, to believe is to entrust. Hallelujah. Say, I believe. So when you say that, you know what it means. And trust. I don't, I'm not in control of my life. I'm in trust. That's how you're going to experience real peace, real rest. I'm in trust. That's exactly what Abraham demonstrated when he was going to offer up Isaac. Hebrews 11, verse 17 to 19. 
the writer of Hebrews gives a very unique perspective to the situation that was not even captured in the documentations of Genesis. He says that the reason Abraham offered Isaac was that he knew that God would raise him from the dead even if Isaac died. Let's read. Accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. Remember, God was telling a story of Jesus through Abraham's life. So this was also a prophetic picture of the resurrection. God was able to raise him from the dead from whence he also received him in a figure. Go ahead, please. Okay, that verse is enough. Now, so, really, I'm saying the same thing in different ways. I'm saying you cannot be a committed Christian if you are not persuaded about what will happen after death, eternity. You can't be persuaded. You can't be, you can't be committed. It will be unfair to even demand commitment from you. If you know sure you, it will be unfair. Abraham said, okay, God said, offer up Isaac. But if he's God, maybe when I kill him, he will raise him up. He had already figured that that was what God wanted to do. Okay. Hey, Isaac, come, 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 come. More of you do experiment. It's not an experiment. More of you to confirm. Is he sure? So the audacity of going to offer Isaac was that I know whom I believed. He's able to keep now it is committed. Yeah. Why could a, how could a man offer up his son? He believed. He entrusted. You see, whenever you withhold, you are saying God is not trustworthy. Like the average Nigerian bank. It's not trustworthy. He may fold up. You are saying he may fold up. I cannot invest in this God. I cannot give my energies, my time, my attention. You're saying, I don't trust you. You're not trustworthy. I cannot entrust my stuff. Once again, that banking example just sits. It's not just about withdrawing from the bank. Depositing into it is the mark of trust. Your greatest treasure, you carry to the bank. Say, I trust my stuff in your hands. That's what it means to believe here. Corresponding action of this kind of believing is sacrificial life. Always giving, always offering, never withholding. John chapter 10, verse 18. Jesus says, I lay down my life as the Father has commanded me. That was his own way of saying, I believe God. I lay down my life. Offer your up, sacrifice. Offer your up. I'm tired of people saying I believe. I want to see the corresponding action. The demons also believe and tremble. What have you given up? The fathers of faith, the heroes of faith are not known for what they received by faith. They are known for what they gave up for faith. Moses gave up the pleasures of Egypt. Considered the reproaches of Christ greater treasures. Aha, uh -huh, gave up. Gave up Egypt, gave up the throne, gave up the palace. It, 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 so when you say Moses is a man of faith, look at the first man mentioned now, Hebrews 11.4. Abel, by faith, offered. You think faith is just 
by faith collected, by faith received. The first man mentioned, Hebrews 11, 4, by faith, Abel offered, offered. To believe is to entrust, to give up, to sacrifice. How can my wife sacrifice for me? She believes. She entrusts. She believes. She, I can't, she can't say, I believe, but she cannot make sacrifices. That, that's not belief. Even demons do better. Everybody say, I believe. Number three here. What does it mean to believe? Okay, I think I have five points, not six points. To believe is to rely, to lean on, and to depend on. Rely, lean on, depend on. So, whoever believes in him shall not perish means whoever relies on him. The abnormality of modern Christianity is that you can see somebody who claims to be a believer who says, Jesus is not the only way to heaven. We are all serving the same God. Now, that kind of, uh, that kind of a talk shows belief is shallow. So, believing is like me leaning on this pulpit. And maybe this is an imperfect example, but even in this context, this hand can only lean on one thing at a time. So I cannot lean on this and this same and lean on another thing. Leaning would have to be narrowed. I lean on this podium or pulpit. Means I believe in it. I believe it can carry my weight, can support my weight. And I cannot, I cannot dwell that reality. I cannot double, I cannot, I cannot lean on two edges. Just this. So to believe in Jesus, Psalm 127 verse 1, except the Lord builds a house, the laborers labor but in vain, except, that's the emphasis, except the Lord watches over. You see, the watchman, he just wakes up for nothing. Except the Lord saves, I cannot be saved. That's what it means to believe in Jesus. People who are taught believing as Jesus is another alternative, is one of the alternatives. No, they, they don't, that's not believing. Because to believe is to rely on, absolutely, depend on only. And then lean on. Okay. Romans chapter 10 and verse 12 to 13. And then John chapter 7 verse 3 to 5. Romans 10, 12. There's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. That's the emphasis. Call upon him. For whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? So that calling on activity is a corresponding action of believing. It is out of reliance and dependence to call on. Well, let me show you what 
the opposite of this is because once again I'm saying that there are many believers who agree that God heals but do not rely on God for healing. So believing is not, I agree that God can save. The, trick, the, the corresponding action is call upon that Lord as a proof of your belief. Are you following me here? John 7 verse 3. This is with respect to the brothers of Jesus. I'd like you to see how they are described and the, the context of their own belief. John 7 and verse 3 to 5. His brethren therefore said unto him, Depart hence. Now look at this closely. And go into Judea that thy disciples also may see the works that thou dost. What works do you think they were talking about? What? Miracle works, right? Do you agree? Was it carpentry work? You agree it's not carpentry work, Abby? Miracle works. So they saw miracle works. Next statement. For there's no man that doeth, no, sorry. There's no man that doeth anything in secret and he himself seeketh to be known openly. If thou do this thing, show thyself to the world. Look at verse 5. For neither did his brethren believe in him. So, they saw the miracles, but they did not depend on him. So, in that sense, they were also called unbelievers. They did not believe in him. You see, believing, there's been a, there's been a, um, a lot of uproar in the last two months because of the theology of those who believe that miraculous gifts have stopped with the apostolic age. They have held a conference. They have even done a movie. <laughs> and these are believers. They did a movie to show that miracles have stopped and the Sign gifts ceased with the apostolic age. Okay. And interestingly, when you talk with many of these guys who are believers, they don't say that God cannot do miracles. They say God is sovereign, He can do anything. But they don't rely on God to do anything. In that sense, they are unbelievers. Are you following me here? You can't say God is a provider. And that makes you a believer. No. To be a believer means that you will now have to rely on God to provide. Depend on God to provide. You might witness God provide for others even. Until you walk your life in a shape that depends on him to provide. You, are not, you, are not, you don't believe that he provides. So the, the brothers of Jesus saw the miracles. They said, come up for here. And so you go, they show power, show power, show power, and they hide. And yet, they did not believe in him. That word, especially believe in, explains this point. Believe in. When you see believe in in scripture, it means that they rely on. They depend on. And there are no, other, there are no alternatives. It's either you or you. 
The corresponding action of this is prayer. Because prayer is simply dependence expressed. So I know a man's believing capacity by his prayer capacity, how much he relies, relies on God is expressed in prayer. A man that does not pray does not depend on God. Simple. If he does not depend on God, he does not believe in God. Oh yeah. His name is Gabriel Jesus. He does not believe in God. Because a man that believes in God deep, to believe in is to depend on, rely on, and the way to express that is to call upon the Lord in prayer. Yeah. So one of the ways Satan, see, Satan is not going to stop faith conferences from holding. He's not going to stop faith seminars from holding. But he's going to stop people from praying. <laughs> and if he can remove prayer, he has removed the real belief. People can be doing faith, saying faith, talking faith in quotes, but they are like that man, I believe, help my own belief. A man's belief is expressed in prayer. prayer. Consistent, fervent. I'm not saying prayer like if God does not do it, well, no problem, we'll move. I'm saying prayer like Elijah did before rain came. Seven times he told the servant to go and check, go and check again. I don't have any other, other power I'm using. Is this prayer? Elijah was a man of like passions, like you, yet he prayed. And to describe the prayer, go and read it in 1 Kings 18 and see the kind of consistency. Once again, all of these are mixed, are linked up. Continuity in prayer also is a, an affirmation of belief. To pray, chukele, chukele, five minutes. He say, he, maybe God say I should wait. He didn't even pray. Sometimes God say yes, sometimes God say no. Sometimes God say wait. If Elijah believed your theology, he won't pray the way he prayed. If Elijah believed that kind of thing, he won't pray. The Bible is clear. Ask and you shall receive. Seek, you shall find. Knock. And the words are in continual present tense. Continual present tense. Keep knocking. Keep asking until you receive. Jesus is the parable. He said a man comes to his friend in the middle of the night. Knocks at his door. The friend answers from inside and says, I am, you came by 2 a.m., I am in bed with my children. I cannot stand. But because of the man's insistence, persistence, you will get up and say, oh, take what you want. So to say I believe and to pray short, you don't believe. I can know you're believing by how long you stay in prayer. I can know. If you cannot do what Elijah did, seven times, go and check. Continue praying. Go and check. Go and check. You don't, you don't believe. And some of you could have woken up and said, it's not the will of God for me to have it. Meanwhile, you did not believe. You didn't believe. Was it not Jesus who laid his hands, laid his hands on one man? Alpha. He said, I, I see men like trees. Lay again. I, because I believe. Even that's Jesus. Because I believe. Do it again. What are you talking about? We can't say we believe and then we want it short, microwaved, you know. No, 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 no. Believing persists in dependence. Hallelujah. I have a short while left. So let me run other two points very quickly. To believe. Okay, so as I explained this, the corresponding action of the belief that relies is prayer. Prayer, right? Now, fourth sin here, is that number four? Come on, are we still together here? What does it mean to believe? To believe is to personally app 
appropriate, to personally appropriate, that is, you don't just say, I believe in what God can do generally. Nobody gets saved because they believe that God can save. For instance, in the previous example of the previous definition, you will have to depend on God and then personally call upon the name of the Lord. You see, although God can save, until he's called upon on a personal level, salvation does not happen. So, to believe is to personally, man, this is where many people miss it, really. So, let me stretch this for maybe five minutes here. If there's a bridge made with sticks, and you see people jumping on the bridge, See, this bridge has been existing for 65 years. Our parents walked in the bridge. Our grandparents walked across the bridge. The bridge has not collapsed for 65 years. See, it's a wonderful, an ancient of this bridge. An Agba bridge. Everybody say Agba bridge. And you see a very hefty man weighing about 150 kilograms walk upon the bridge, went from one end to the other. And you say... I believe in the bridge. It can keep people. But you don't go and walk on the bridge. You don't believe. Until you personally. Now say. At the bridge. And you walk. You personally appropriate it. You don't believe. That's what many people do with God. Say, the God that did it for Hannah is still alive. The God of Jacob is alive. Okay. Call upon him personally on your own issues. And you, don't, you don't believe because you, you accept a general impression of God. Believe is to personally appropriate. Say, he healed that person, he will heal me. Then mm -hmm. you believe. Say, I believe, I believe that God is a healer. You don't believe that God is a healer just because you agree with the story that God healed some people. That's not, that's not what belief is. You say, you believe the bridge, but you cannot walk on the bridge. You say, I cannot walk on it. If the bridge not collapsed during my own time, eh, then you don't believe in the bridge. <laughs> Are you getting the gist now? Until it's a personal appropriation, it's not called belief. So that's why every sinner will have to call upon the Lord, the Lord personally and be saved personally. Not generally. And God can save the world. We know. God has saved before. We know. God wants to save. We know. All, that, all of that is not belief. Until you now say, He can save. He wants to save. I will call upon His name personally with my mouth and my heart. And then you now say, He has believed. Glory to Jesus. Say, I believe. Enough of generalizing God. God can do miracles. God can do miracles. Even the demons know that. that see, demons know that now. Come on. Why don't you create an opportunity for a personal miracle and demand? Call upon him. Demand it. So many unbelievers in church who just say, God did it for that person. Put yourself in the position where you call upon the name of the Lord personally. You position yourself to personally receive the grace of God. That's what it really means to believe. One last point here. Okay? So the corresponding action for this is to personally apply general truth. Simply means, you are reading the Bible, Mark 11, it says, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, just put your name there, it's Judah. General truth is not belief. He said, do you believe the word of God? Yes, I believe the word of God. The Bible says, 
sin shall no longer have dominion over the believer. Do you believe that? Say, yes, I believe that. And you see, buy a condom inside your wallet. Because you are trying to protect yourself in case you fall. You are planning to fall. You don't believe. <laughs> Say, I believe the Bible. The Bible is true. The Bible is true. No, 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 no. You, don't, you actually don't believe. If you don't personally appropriate general promises, you don't believe. It's not called believing. It's called mental assent. You just agree. But you don't personally appropriate it. Amen. One last point here. To believe is to consider true and final what God says and to treat God the way he describes himself. To believe is to consider true and final what God says and to treat God the way he describes himself. So God says, I'm Jehovah Rapha. I heal. I am going to treat him like that. And in the day God says, by, or I read, by his stripes you are healed. Despite the symptoms, I am going to take God's word as final. That's what belief in is. Do you notice that Jesus gave impossible instructions to people that were sick? You tell a man that is bedridden, you say, get up, fold your bed. Fold it very carefully, you know I'm a neat man, so fold it very carefully. Can't you see he's bedridden? In the day the man believes, he will say, well, my creator told me to fold my bed. So I will get up and fold my bed. God, Jesus puts mud somebody's eyes. Blind man. And I say, go and wash in a river. Abba. Who's kind of impossible work with that? <laughs> the corresponding action for this belief is obedience. There's nothing like I believe, but I don't obey. It's not true. To believe is to consider true, final, and authority what God says. The proof of your belief is obedience. Obedience. Stand to your feet and let's pray for two minutes. My time is up already. Come on. Come on, just pray in the Holy Ghost. I want you to just trust the Holy Ghost to, to bring you into a realm. The realm of true believing. It's not what you can walk yourself into, really. So there's something called the spirit of faith. Let your heart cry. Help my humble belief. Help my humble belief. I believe. I believe. I believe. Help my humble belief. That's why is here a strength for your weakness. Because it's going to be sacrifice. It's going to be labor. That's belief. Real belief is going to walk you up a bit. Walk you up. Stretch you a bit. But the Holy Ghost can help you. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. We have received like precious faith. Same kind of faith. Same kind of faith. In its potential. We can do more with our faith. We can do more with our faith. 
the science can be much much more than this makado poropa dekete I believe, help my humble I know what it is to believe now. I know. I'm sticking to you, Jesus. Sticking to you. I'm entrusting my life. You are trustworthy. I'm depositing my life. Hey! I know whom I believe is able to keep. 